Eric Andrews didn't practice. 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! Did he get it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Full Court Press. Jason Walker here with Eric Franson. Hello. Just getting settled in. I think I turned your mic on like the very second before you, or right after, like you started saying something. That's good timing. Oh no, your you know, your mic's on. I'm on the wrong. Mic. Oh, I didn't change this one. Let me uh, let me I fix sound, that. I sound distant. Yeah, you do. <laughs> there you go. That one should be better. Breaker one nine. Hello. Okay, now now it's working. That's why it was echoey. I thought it was just because I turned the mic on late. <laughs> so technical difficulties out of the way. I, I said earlier when you were. You'd gone off said, it wouldn't be me running the board if I didn't make at least one mistake. <laughs> Technically, we're on two mistakes. I haven't told you the first thing I've said <laughs> oh. <up> yet. <laughs> what the public doesn't know doesn't hurt them. Yeah, they don't know by the first mistake. <laughs> that's, a, that's a minor behind-the-scenes thing. Um, but we're going to have a lot of fun on the show today. Uh, still kind of reacting to stuff from over the weekend, but there's more stuff to react to today. The Jazz played a game yesterday. Uh Lost to the Houston Rockets. I, I don't know how they, you know, beat the teams they beat and then lost to the Rockets, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Now, we've got an interview with uh, Utah State women's basketball head coach Kayla Ard coming up in, like, two minutes thereabouts. That's when we schedule for 4.05, so uh, that's right on top of us. But we're also going to have some talk about uh, men's basketball Maybe, like, are we, like, underrating this team? You know, the, the preseason poll and uh, our own preseason polls had Utah State, like, right on the fringe of either being top half of the conference or in the in the bottom half of the conference. But it seems like there's more... It's weird because there's almost more uh, positivity about this team coming from outside of Cache Valley than there is from inside of it. It's usually the other way around with something like that. Yeah, it's really curious. Uh, we already talked about the Ken Pomeroy numbers and the rankings of Mountain West schools, and now there's another uh, outside uh, source, we'll call it that, <laughs> that uh, is uh, looking very favorably upon the Aggies. So uh, that'll be an interesting discussion coming up a little bit later on in the show. Yeah, so I said lots, lots of stuff to get to. I know we've got, I guess we have to wait for the World Series now. I know you always want to talk about baseball. I would love to talk about baseball. I know it's not your forte, uh, but I'm I'm actually not going to be in the studio Thursday or Friday, so you you don't have to talk about it so at all. We if you will, don't want we will to. not be talking baseball, <laughs> even though the World Series itself will start. Got uh, Astros and Phillies. I, I saw a tweet earlier about uh, this person basically predicted like it was a tweet from 2019, and they were predicting like the World Series winners, and they've got two right so far, and they have the Phillies winning it this year. Wow. Pretty insane. Well, they got them there. They're in the series, so that's kind of crazy. Yeah, so that series really doesn't get underway until Friday, from what I understand. Uh, but it'll be two games in Houston. It'll go three to Philadelphia, and if necessary, the final two will go back to Houston uh, for the Astros. And they'll alternate about every other day. But... Um, uh, you know what? I'm excited for Philadelphia. I know it's been a while since they've been there. Certainly, I'm excited for Bryce Harper, uh, for him to get there uh, after he left the Nationals. They kind of had a resurgence that he missed out on uh, and uh, getting there. So there's been a lot of uh, kind of excitement and hope 
that he would be able to help this team get to where they need to be to get to this point. And uh, finally materializing this year after he signed that big long-term contract. But you know what? They've supported him with other players, with Schwarber. Uh, they've got some homegrown talent as well. So it's an interesting combination that they've got. But all that being said, I don't know that they can overcome that Houston bullpen. They've just got so many good pitchers. So it'll be an interesting matchup between some really big uh, bats versus a really good uh, uh, a group of pitchers and and really a, a staff and and a roster full of players who have been there, done that in the World Series. So it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'll still be tuning in. Yeah, so we'll definitely try and tune in. We'll we'll uh, politely ignore baseball, but we'll let Eric enjoy it. But as I said, we were right <laughs> on top of bringing on uh, Kayla Ard, the head coach of the Utah State women's basketball team. Uh, she's, I believe, entering her third year as uh, head coach of the team. Um, they were in the preseason poll. They were uh, picked to finish uh, last in the in the Mountain West, but. Uh, from what I understand, it, Kayla, uh, from hearing your comments at media days, uh, y- you weren't too put out about that. No, we uh, we kind of expected that. I mean, we got a brand new roster, you know, going into my third season. Kind of feels like my second season. My first season was COVID, so um, I don't want to say I don't claim that one, but that was a very interesting year for everybody. So um, we didn't really get to play our whole season, but last year definitely felt like a, a true first year, and. Uh, we've had a lot of turnover, and, uh, you know, we're just um, we're still building. You know, feel really good about the team that we have this year, feel great about the staff that we have, but we kind of expected to be picked 11th. Nobody has any idea what we have um, except for us, and so we're okay with that, and, and the team that we have has a huge chip on their shoulder, so I think it just fueled them a little bit more. So um, we're actually kind of using it as a motivational piece, so it's, it's actually been really good for us. Now, Coach, I know you had a lot of players graduate a year ago, and you lost a lot of experience that way, but then there was a bunch of other players who transferred. Uh, I mean, this is this is really crazy to have 14 new players on a roster. I mean, can you I mean, wrap your head around and help us understand like how that happened, how that unfolded, having to have so many new new faces on your roster? Yeah, we actually have 12 new players, um, but but it's uh, I think it's twofold. I think when you take over a new program, um, some of that's expected. And like I said, after that first year, it was COVID. So, um, you know, a new coach comes in, and sometimes they want to keep some of the pieces, and some of the pieces don't fit that great, and, and vice versa with the players. You know, those players didn't get recruited by me, and um, they want to go play for a coach that recruited them, that that, um, that chose them. And, and so I get that. It's, uh, it's a two-way street. Um I also think it's a learning experience, you know, as, as you go from the assistant coach seat to the head coaching seat, I think it's a learning experience. And I spoke about that on media day as well, um, navigating through that. And um, I've become a lot better coach in the past two years um, in every facet. And um, I'm grateful for both of those years. I'm grateful for all those players that we had and, and wish them the best, obviously, that aren't here anymore. But um, we're focused on the ones that are here and that do want to be here. And, and um, we're excited about them. Like I said, we got a lot of talent. And I think it's um, – you know, it's kind of expected when you get new staff in that there's some players choose to be there and not and choose not to be there. So we're just um, we're just taking it from where we're at right now and, and moving forward. And um, we're excited about the future and uh, and what we've put together here. So we're looking forward to the season starting. So, coach, I guess the, as a follow up to that, I mean, I, I would I would suspect you know team building is something that 
every coach does every year to try to create a bond and familiarity and camaraderie with any team any year. But certainly for, for you and your staff, probably more important this year than, than just about any that you've been involved with. Yeah, we spent a lot of time doing a lot of team stuff. Um, like I mentioned, 12 new players, mixing them together with two returners, um, you know, and uh, we've just done a lot of stuff off the court that, that doesn't have anything to do with basketball, just letting them get to know each other. Um, we also have new faces on the coaching staff. So you're just putting a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds um, together, and I think anytime you do that, you know, you got to get to know one another. And um, So we spent a ton of time doing that off the basketball court, and it's paid off for us on the court. You know, our, I see our chemistry building every day, and I think that that comes from a lot of the things that we've done off the court, just – just learning to understand one another, you know, like I said, different backgrounds. you got to learn how to understand and respect each other, and with that comes loving each other. And so we spent a ton of time doing that, um, and we'll continue to do that as we navigate through the season. But uh, we're in a good place right now, and it's, like I said, carried over to the court for us. So we're just excited to see what we can do when season tips off. So, you know, I've kind of been trying to figure out some of this team, uh, you know, from an outside perspective, and it's kind of tricky for me, you know, like I said, the, the 12 new players, but – when I've gathered this kind of three guards, I think, in the backcourt that have been brought up, and I think you brought them up in media days, and I've seen their names around. I believe Christina, Oliva, Tamia Robinson, and Mar- Maria Cavallo. I- I'm pretty sure I butchered those names. I apologize. but No, that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> so, so it seems like those three could end up being, I don't know if backbone is the right term, but just you know, leaders uh, you know, on the court. Is, is that kind of what's going on, I guess, kind of? Fill me in on where I'm wrong there. Yeah, no, um, pretty good assessment there. I'd say, you know, Maria's our, our point guard and, um, you know, four really good years at Utah Valley. Got some uh, conference honors there and um, on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. She was on the defensive team in the WAC. And so um, comes with a lot of IQ and uh, really good passer, you know, has a lot of assists. She can also score it. Um, great defender. So, you know, she'll be at our point guard position. And uh, Tamia Robinson was a junior college All-American, so she could score on all three levels, really good defender, a uh, very, very athletic player. Um, Chris Oliva had a great year at her junior college, um, big-time scorer. You know, she's, she's a really good shooter. Um, we really like what she's doing. But, but also, you know, Olivia Wickstrom's our returner for us, just huge, huge high motor. Um, and she's a big piece of our defense as well as, um, you know, her ability to score the basketball. And then Kenley Foslov, obviously a uh, – a really good shooter, so we're looking forward to, to getting her out there more. And um, she would be really mad at me right now, actually. Kenley Foss of Wickheiser. I'm real sorry if she's listening <laughs> there. She just got married, so I would be in big trouble by her and Matt if I didn't mention that last name. But uh, but no, we're excited about all those guys. And and um, you know, we we have some other guards as well that are going to help us. But I would say those three that you mentioned um, obviously are, are out there quite a bit. But you know, I, I wouldn't uh, sleep on Kenley or Liv. I think both of those guys are going to be big contributors for us as well. Coach, with the the putting a, a really completely, almost completely new roster like this, does it allow you to adjust the style of play that you want to do, uh, or is it still just I, I'm going to run my my offense and my defense kind of based on what my talent is, or does this team that you've been able to put together more in line with how you really want to execute a basketball game? Yeah, no, definitely more in line. Um, and, um, you know, to that point, like I said earlier, I think going from the assistant chair to the head coaching chair, there's a, you know, there's a learning curve. And one thing that I've really learned is don't be so stubborn to make changes, you know, based on your personnel. And so my first year, again, it was during COVID, but we just ran the same thing, makes misses, and I really wanted to run this transition stuff. And we didn't really have the personnel to do that. And I think 
in my second year, about halfway through the year, when we started to improve and really get um, pretty good at the end of the season last year, it was because we we slowed the ball down a little bit offensively on uh, made baskets and kind of started running certain sets, trying to get the ball in certain people's hands, kind of manipulating the game a little bit. Um, we made a few changes on defense as well, and we started to become a better basketball team, more consistent, um, better execution on the offensive end, better efficiency on the offensive end, and so we're going to actually stick with that. Um, we are going to continue to do that as we watched it work in the Mountain West. Um, so I'm definitely not that person that's so stubborn that I want to keep doing the same thing. If it's not working, I want to change it. I don't really care what it takes. I just want to win more games. So, um, you know, I've got, like I said, a good staff in here, and we got um, two of our coaches over our defense, and they've brought a lot of ideas in that we're using this year. And so that's been really fun to watch that as well because I've always been an offensive-minded coach. But just these guys make me think a little differently, and, and um, we've taken a lot of their ideas and, and really put it out there um, on the defensive end of the floor. And so um, our defense will look a lot different this year. We actually um, have personnel to run the defense that we want to run as well. So to your point, um, yeah, we, we've definitely changed a few things. We're sticking with some things that we saw work last year toward the end of the year. And, um, but the personnel definitely fits better uh, what we're trying to do on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively. So kind of one thing I, I've noticed about uh, teams in years past, and this even predates, uh, you know, when you came in, Utah State's not had a lot of shooting uh, on their teams, um, but it feels like, you know, some of the players incoming, some of the numbers I've seen from them, you know, looks like you have several decent shooters that have come in should be able to space the floor. Like, do you feel like that can really help expand your offense? Yeah, I'm afraid to I'm afraid to say that out loud and jinx it, but we've been shooting the ball pretty well. Um, I sure hope that continues. We'll find out. We have an exhibition game on the 28th, and we'll find out if that keeps going for us. But we definitely do have some shooters on the team, and like I said, getting Kinley in there more. Uh, she's a, a you know a three point specialist, obviously. So having players around that can create shots for shooters like that, I think, is also a big thing. So you know, Maria, Tamia, those guys can really create shots for shooters and find them on the floor and get them open. Um, because they're so good off the bounce. And so I think uh, being able to take advantage of some of the shooters that we have had on the, on the roster is going to be helpful for us as well. But um, knock on wood, yes, I, I think we'll be pretty good from three. Uh, I, I hope that continues for us. Utah State Women's Basketball Head Coach Kayla Ard joining us here on the Full Court Press. Coach, you've got a really fun event going on tonight where fans can get to know these, all these new players and who you have and uh, what this team might look like for this upcoming season. Uh, it's going to be at the Estes Center, or Club Estes, as it's commonly being referred to these days. Uh, there's some giveaways. There's going to be some special guests besides just the, the women's basketball team. Uh, explain to folks what's going on tonight. Yeah, so it's uh, Aggie Madness, um, what you said. Doors open at 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, the event starts at 7, but we're, we're there. they have free tacos um, starting at 6 p.m. Um, I think there's like 500 free tacos that they're giving away. You had me at free um, tacos. Do what? <laughs> you had me at free tacos. You'll be there. All right, I'll see you there. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then there's um, we're giving away free shirts to anybody that shows up. They're, they're Spectrum Magic Game Day shirts, and we're giving those away. Um, and uh, like you said, we have a lot of uh, guests coming. So Blake Anderson, our football coach, is coming to give away an autographed football. Um, so he'll be there to speak to the crowd. Ryan Odom, men's basketball coach, will be there to give away a signed basketball. And then uh, Aggie legend J.C. Carroll will be there to give away an autographed jersey. So um, those three guys are coming out and helping us. And uh, we're, we got a um, half-court shot for $10,000. So three USU students will get a shot at that. Um, so if somebody makes it, they can take home $10,000, and uh, I did this last year, so it's kind of a little tradition that I, I've kind of tried to start here, and um, I am giving away $500 cash to a Utah State student tonight. We did it last year, and um, 
and it kind of got things going. But it's really just so the, the students at Utah State and the fan base in, the, in Cache Valley to say thank you for, for the support, you know, since I've got here. I want them to know that they have somebody leading this program here that's, that's given it all they got. And it hadn't been perfect, but we're going to keep working until we get to where we want to be. And um, that, that cares about the fan base and that cares about the students and appreciates them. And so um, that's why I do it. And um, that's, that's why we're doing it tonight, like you said, to get to know the students. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a white versus blue scrimmage. You'll get to see the players a little bit. But be very interactive. There's a ton of T-shirt giveaways and, and cash giveaways and crumble cookie and, and tacos and everything else. So it should be a really fun event. But um, it, it's free to the public, free admission. Like I said, doors open at 6, event starts at 7. So hopefully we get a good turnout and, uh, and you get to know the team a little bit. Yeah, I know there's been good turnout with some of the – some of the times I've come, I wasn't able to go last year, but I know I've been to some of these events and usually a lot of fun. Um, kind of one one more question for me. I know I men- mentioned some of the guards. I was able to kind of parse some things out, but as far as the front court, I, I have not been able to figure out what's going on there. Um, just kind of enlighten me, you know, who are the, the names to watch as far as the front court, you know, forward and center whatnot, who's going to maybe step up in that department? Yeah, um, lucky for us, we're having quite the battle there um, at those positions, so that's a good problem to have as a a coach. Um, But a lot of people, I think we're going to be rotating quite a bit um, in the post positions. You know, uh, Abby Wall has been extremely consistent for us. Um, She's a transfer. She's in her fifth year. Um, As you mentioned earlier, we we lost a lot of, like, fifth-year kids with them graduating, but we also have five fifth-year kids. So we have quite a bit of experience out there, and Abby is one of them. Um, I think you'll see her out on the court quite a bit. Um, Prima is another very athletic um, post player for us, um, also a fifth-year kid. I think she's going to contribute a lot for us. Um, Ashaya is another one, just really, really talented. Um, she was a junior college All-American as well, um, and so she's, she's going to contribute quite a bit for us. Um, Olivia Mason is another one, and, um, y- you know, she's um, just a really, really good rebounder um, and, a, and a good defender. Um, and then uh, Mason Kimball is um, really, really good, really good. She gets special floor shooter from three rebound. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of battling going on there at that post spot. So um, lucky for us, that's a good problem to have. And uh, we'll see how it all works out. But I expect us to be rotating quite a bit, those positions, trying to keep uh, fresh speed out there. But we have a lot of talent um, in those positions. So we'll see how it shakes down when we closer to games. Coach, you alluded to the fact that you've got an exhibition game coming up on Friday, and where do you feel like the, the greatest areas of emphasis are still need are still needed to be addressed with your team getting ready for that first exhibition game? Yeah, I think, you know, especially with this many new players, I think working out the kinks and uh, working out the nerves. I mean, these kids haven't played in Spectrum yet, and, uh, and so I think having an exhibition game in there is fun to get used to people that are going to be in there, the PA announcer, just the little things like that, just working out those kind of kinks. But our biggest focus is, is on us and making sure that we execute the same way. Um, you know, if we're playing in the Mountain West Championship game or if we're playing an exhibition game, I want to execute the same way. I want us to be sharp. I want us to be focused. Um, I want us to have good positive energy out there. And, and just I want to put a product on the floor that the fans like to see. We're going to play hard. Um, we have a group of people that love basketball that play hard. So our energy is going to be high. We're going to push the pace on offense when we can, and, uh, and we're going to be a lot better defensively. So one huge focus area for us in the offseason has definitely been defense. We've been very, very bad on defense, and uh, I put a lot of that on me. Um, I've always been offensive-minded, but we're really focused on defense, and so I would like to see us hold teams um, you know, down on their scoring average and, and just really get up and defend and get some steals 
you know, we had a really successful close scrimmage and, and did well on the defensive end, so I'd like to see that continue. So defense is definitely a big focus area for us right now. So I know I, I said one more last time, but I did have one question because, you, <laughs> you know, I've been following, following the team for, you know, several years since I've been up here basically, uh, and, and it seems like the last few years, like, there's optimism coming in, and it feels like, you know, the team's going to turn a corner, and it hasn't quite happened yet. So I guess just the question is, like, what's different about this team that you feel like, you know, that, that's changed and that will allow this team to finally, you know, show some improvements in, in, in the win-loss column? Yeah, I think that's twofold. I think um, one of the one of those answers is me. Um, like I said, I think I've become a better coach, a better person um, over the last couple of years, just learning from the players that we did have here. And um, I, I think I've matured into this role quite a bit and and um, learned what these players need from me um, as a as a human, as a person, more so than a coach. And uh, and so that's been a huge focus of mine, just making sure these players know that I love them, understand that I love them, understand I'm going to be there for them no matter what, and they all know that. Um, and so my second answer, that would be our culture. Um, that's, and that carry, again, that starts with me. And so we have a really, really special culture right now going. So I think for us to continue to have that hype around basketball, you know, we got to win games. And to win games, we have to continue this culture. Um, that we just love each other, we care about each other, we're going to stay together no matter what. And the kids know that I care about them, and I'm getting that in return from them. And so... I think those are the biggest things um, that have to stay consistent for us to get over that hump. And I agree, you know, it's been, there's been all this hype right when I get here. And then COVID hits and it's kind of like, eh, you know, it kind of drops down a little bit. It was a weird year. And then last year, you know, the hype is there again. And then I thought we underachieved last year. And so um, I'm always going to put that on me no matter what. I'm going to put that on me. So um, I think it has to start with me. And I have to be consistent with these girls, positive every single day, just keep working to get better. But I like our odds this year. Um, I really do. I like our odds, and I think we got a lot of players that love basketball, like I said, and, and we got a staff that's working their butt off. Um, i got a really, really great staff, and um, just both sides of the ball are getting coached. And so I think what will get us over that hump this year is our culture, our love for each other, and like I mentioned before, the defensive side of the, the ball, um, I think in this league in Mountain West, you got to play defense, and we haven't done that very good, and I think we're going to be a lot better on the defensive side of the ball. So you guys stick with us. We're going to get there. I promise you we're going to keep working. Um, but I hope the hype is there again, and uh, and hopefully we can own up to it this year and get over that hump for, for our fans this year. All right, Head Coach Kayla Ard, coach of the Utah State women's basketball team, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, Aggie Madness tonight in the Club Estes, the Wayne Estes Center. Uh, doors open at 6, free tacos, a lot of other free giveaways, free T-shirts, a chance to win a bunch of money with a half-court shot. Uh, it's going to be a, a big party there. Uh, Billy Anderson will be there. Ryan Odom will be there. J.C. Carroll will be there uh, to kick off the start of, uh, well, not really to kick it off. I mean, it's been going for a while, but this is a great chance for folks to see uh, this Utah State women's basketball team, and then they have an exhibition game Friday in the Spectrum, Fort Lewis College coming to town. That will tip off 6 o'clock on Friday night. Yeah. So we'll talk a little more about that coming back from break. Uh, we're going to go to a break right now. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about women's basketball because there's things I want to say about this team. And then we'll have reactions to the Utah Jazz and more back after this. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are. Advanced Heating and Air.
It's the Full Court Press. James Hansen, SLC Dunk, site manager there. Uh, what on earth is going on with his Jazz team? A lot of this team is a, is a bunch of cast-offs from other teams that didn't quite live up to the potential I think other teams had for them. And everyone kind of has a similar story. And so what you have is a group of guys that have a collective chip on their shoulder, and they go out and they play hard. They have enough talent that they're keeping up with everyone that they're playing with. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. Hey, Aggie fans. Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back, Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Eric Franson. Just had on uh, Kayla Ard, head coach of the Utah State women's basketball team. Many thanks to her for, for making time. We were fitting a tight window. You know, normally we try and have these, you know, like at 4.15, maybe in the second hour. But she had like a 10-minute window for us to fit in there. So she's able to con- come on right at the top of the show and uh, spend some time with us. So, and honestly, you know, at the end of the interview, I, I brought up the, you know, I was like, every year it feels like, Maybe Utah State was trying to turn a corner because toward the end of the the Jerry Finkbeiner era, and uh, then even his his son took over as like an interim head coach that last year before Ard got here. It felt like okay every year they're bringing a bunch of transfers and this is going to be the year. And then it's not been the year. And Ard had to take over a program that was kind of down in the dumps. Uh, it had some losing seasons. It it had been a while. Um, but this year does feel a little more optimistic to me 
where I'm not having to talk myself into being excited like I'd had to in previous years where I just have to say, okay, if this happens, if this happens. This year it feels like they've really filled some of the holes that they've not filled before and can actually put together a good team. Yeah, this is... uh... It's been an interesting ride with Utah State women's basketball uh, over the last decade or so. That there, it seems to be uh, some players who come in who look like, hey, this is this is a star, and they can build around this player. They can really do some do some damage in the Mountain West. But then that player would transfer, and then somebody else would come in, and uh, all of a sudden somebody else would become a star. Oh, if they can hang on to this player and build around this player. They're going to do some damage in the Mountain West. And then that player would transfer. <laughs> it was kind of this this cycle that was going on. And so uh, there was a lot of hope and expectation with Coach Ard coming in with her experience and her background to kind of stabilize some things and move things in a, in a better direction for USU. COVID, first-time head coach, you know, learning the hard way through a lot of different things. This is, I'll be honest, this is abnormal to have so many new players on a roster. Granted, there were a lot who did graduate, but still, that that's a lot of turnover. And I, I'm i going to have to take Kayla Art at her word that there were players that she didn't recruit that weren't normally people that that she would have wanted on her roster. Not to say that she didn't want them. I don't, don't give me to take that for the wrong way. But they didn't fit in how she was hoping to run her offense and her defense. And as she as she admitted, basically she was trying to cram a square into a round hole, and it didn't always work. And it's some she had to change her philosophy and eventually change the roster over. So there, th- this will be a really interesting season because she's got a completely new roster, changes on her staff, and this should be how she wants things done. So this will be interesting to see if that translates to uh, better play and hopefully more wins for the Utah State women's basketball program. Yeah, I think potentially one of the differences is just guard play. They've not had really great guards. Um, usually they're bringing in these you know, forwards, you know, 5'10", 6'0", forwards who struggle with shooting, so they're kind of post players, and they focus their offense through that. And it doesn't always work. This year you've got shooting – You've got some good guard play, and, you, and they still have some solid front court players. So we'll we'll see how that translates. I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm going to be there at Aggie Madness tonight, so you can come say hi to me. I'll probably be sitting up high in the bleachers. Not hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's in Club Estes, so you yeah, can't, it, you can't hide too. Yeah, no, I can't, I, I, I can't far. hide anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I'll be there. You can say hi to me, or, or more importantly, you can say hi to some of the much more famous people. Yes, that'll be there. It, look, I love that they're doing this at the Estes Center. It's more intimate. Uh, it's an opportunity to be more engaged with what's going on instead of being spread out in the uh, in the spectrum, uh, and to be more familiar, become more familiar, more intimate with what's going on with this uh, this new look Aggie basketball team for uh, for Utah State women's basketball. And it is an interesting mix. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of new faces, but it doesn't mean that they're in, all inexperienced. Like there's a new, numerous graduate transfers. You had several who were you know, great 
players at the junior college level, and they are looking for the opportunity to move up to this uh, level of competition. So this is a team that does have experience and talent, and this is going to be an interesting challenge for this coaching staff, getting them to blend together and teach a new culture. Um, really not that far different from what we're seeing with the Utah Jazz with a few holdovers from the season previous, but by and large, a whole new culture that they're trying to establish here. And for the Jazz, it's going smoothly where they've managed to blend all that together where they're a team out on the court slinging the ball around to each other. They're like They're like reading each other perfectly. You know, Kelly Linick drives and all of a sudden he flips almost a no-look pass to you know, Jared Vanderbilt who's driving to the basket and dunks it. it. It feels like they've been playing together for two or three years. Now we'll see if Utah State can replicate that. You know, with the Jazz, those are professionals who've been playing the game for like two decades. And th- these players haven't quite been playing as long. But still, you mentioned these these players have experience playing the game of basketball. They're not freshmen or sophomores. They're coming in here as, as people with, you know, one, two, or even three or more years of college-level basketball. Right, that is one of the real benefits of the transfer portal, that if you have a situation like this where you graduate a lot of players and you had some who just, just didn't fit, you have an opportunity to revamp your roster for players that, that – can be more specific to how you want to run things at different positions and different sets. So uh, th- this will be interesting to see how it works out. Yeah. See, I, I, was, I was looking at the roster. I compiled everything. I realized I didn't actually post this on Twitter like I thought I had. I, I'd compiled all of the stats of the incoming players from their most recent year at their last stop. But looking at there's only, I think, three freshmen coming in out of 12 newcomers. So the rest of them, the nine, I, you know, it's weird because I've I'd heard she was bringing 13, 14 new players, and obviously that's what you'd heard is fourteen. But then Kayla says it's twelve, so I'm not sure. Yeah, what the number I was is going anymore. off the release. It said 14. yeah, it's like as I said, the information we've been getting has been <laughs> conflicting. Um, yeah, it's so like nine transfers, all of whom have at least some basketball experience. So anyway, we're going to take another quick break to stay ahead of our breaks. Then we'll be back and we'll talk about. The Jazz game yesterday, uh, lost to the Houston Rockets. Is this team crashing back to earth? I don't know. We'll talk about it after this. Fall is in the air, and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well-maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan, across from Angie's, can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying, and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing? You can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. 
Cache Valley Bank. Growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cache Valley. Cache Valley Bank. Member FDIC. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep. A better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifire pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. If you're looking to get your oil change, the new Valvoline Instant Oil Change is across from Andrews on Main Street in Logan. Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life are the engine oil your vehicle loves. Welcome back, Full Court Press. Jason Walker, Eric Franson. Got to talk about the Utah Jazz from last night. This is also why I wanted to. We were talking about scheduling uh, James Hansen of SLC Dunk. We had him on uh, yesterday. And I wanted to get him on yesterday because I was afraid the Utah Jazz would break their streak. They started the season 3-0, and and I wanted to get him on to talk about this before the Jazz lost. And what do you know, after starting 3-0 and against teams that, uh, against the Denver Nuggets, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and Minnesota Timberwolves, teams that I think to this point, haven't lost anybody else. That was the case yesterday. It may have changed since then. Yeah, uh, Minnesota lost last night. Okay. So, still really good. Three teams that are expected to be in the playoffs, and at least players in the home court advantage uh, realm of the playoffs. Uh, those are the teams Utah beat. And then, apparently, I, that gut feeling I had that the Jazz would lose was somehow right, because the Rockets, who are still like kind of considered you know, lottery Maybe late lottery now they've built up some talent on this team, but you know lottery team nonetheless, and that's who the Jazz lose to. Yeah, kind of a frustrating game. Um, really, it was. Uh, <clears throat> I felt like that that fourth quarter got a little out of hand. Kind of a low scoring game for most of it, and the fourth quarter changed. But um, give Houston credit for doing some proper scouting and game planning, where Utah was coming off of a back to back. And look, Utah had played in two overtime games, uh, emotional first game, high energy. And so the the Jazz had been kind of flying high for a while, but uh, Houston like stepped it up in that second half, especially in the fourth quarter, just ran Utah. And 
And I could t- you could tell watching the game, Will Hardy was just searching for anybody who could come out there and give the team some offense and some defense. You know, a lot of different lineups than uh, that we've seen so far. Uh, Simone Fontecchio with the, the his longest run that he's had as a Jazz guy, and he came in and hit some big threes to keep a minute in that fourth quarter. But uh, in the end, I think we we saw what this team is capable of. On the other side, like some games earlier, we saw what the team was had, was capable of in winning some games, and I think we also saw last night what this team is capable of for other stretches of the season where uh, they're just not quite in sync, players rushing shots, bad shot selection, uh, not understanding their assignments on the floor, and allowing a team like Houston that barely has a pulse uh, for an organization right now uh, strung together their first win, and the Jazz just couldn't couldn't stop them in the end. Came back from being down, took a one-point lead, but they couldn't hold on to it. Yeah, maybe it was a team that was getting a little too big for their own britches. <laughs> you know, Could have been. They're kind of riding high on the Starting high. to read the uh, headlines. Yeah, it's like we're all, we're, we're all underdogs, and now suddenly we're the big dogs. No, you got to understand where you are and understand that, that playing as a team, that was the strength. So, yeah, you know, looking at that game, obviously Houston had a couple of big performances. Jalen Green, uh, former number two overall pick, he had 25 points. Kevin Porter Jr., 26 points. Uh, the Jazz, their, their best point total was from Jordan Clarkson, who had 17. So not quite the same, you know. Laurie Markkinen wasn't really getting off the ground. He only had 14 points. He went 7 of 19 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. And actually missed his first three throws of the year. He was perfect from from the free throw line was like 15 to 15 I think he went over 3 yeah that was surprising yeah so kind of random well and it was also surprising that Connolly played period cuz last year he would not play on the back end of a of a back back to back and so that it was a little curious to see him even in the lineup um just period but you could tell he was he was gassed he wasn't uh, able to be as efficient we, we we saw some great shots from Clarkson in some of those overtime games but we also saw that you know what uh, could happen if you give too much to Clarkson is that he dribbles around too much takes some careless shots and sometimes that that doesn't help you because sometimes you'll make shots that holy cow how did that get in but then he'll also do some things that you're like holy cow why are you even taking that shot <laughs> That's how. That's the Jordan Clarkson roller coaster that we get to experience together. Yeah, well, it is part of the player he is because he's the designated take the stupid shot guy. Like that's what he's been. And that's kind of a harsh way to put it, but he's the guy who will make the stupid shot every now and again. And there was great value to that because, like, all right, this possession is dead. There's five seconds on the shot clock. Oh, Jordan Clarkson made a turnaround floater. Oh, that's nice. We got two points out of that, and it was really nice. But then there's the games where he goes. And he has like seven pull-up threes, and he misses all of them. Or like last night, which uh, late in the game could have been just a simple put-back, quick little layup, but instead he does like a does a whole big circle with his arm in midair that's totally unnecessary to then to float it up, and it doesn't go in. And it was at a critical point in the game where it's like maintaining that back and forth. Are they going to be tied? Are they going to be down by you know multiple points here? And he does that swing the arm all over the place and then toss it to the rim. It's like, just go to the rim. Just lay it up, normal. And you probably make it. But, you know, that's that's Jordan Clarkson. 
Yeah. Uh, a couple texts coming in. 4781 says, man, the Jazz suck. Just kidding. That was definitely a game of fatigue. Yeah, certainly. And that, that's something that really needs to be pointed out over and over. We've kind of slightly touched on it, is that this was the back end of a back-to-back. And that's kind of the way it is sometimes. This, this, there are a lot of veteran players on this team. You know, Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson. and uh, I mean, I would, They're not super old. But yeah, I would say there's a there. lot. And I guess that's kind of what surprised me, too, is that this is a young team. Like, in in – Will Hardy uses a lot of different guys, so I was a little surprised that they looked as fatigued as they did. And you got three guys in the starting lineup, I think, in their thirties. Clarkson may not True. quite be in his thirties; I think he might be twenty-nine or thirty. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he is thirty. Yeah. So and then uh, Olenek like thirty-one, I think, and Conley is like thirty-five. Such old men. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of old guys. Where's Troy Calhoun? I can't believe I play such old people. <laughs> a bunch of old The Rockets guys. out there. Just like, we have to play such an old team. Didn't hurt the Rockets. <laughs> they did just fine. But I don't know. You, you kind of have to wonder if if this is a team now that, you know, are they actually crashing back? Is this a, a prelude to uh, a stretch for the Jazz, you know, struggle? Because, again, the first part of this schedule is brutal. We saw that in the first three games, the Jazz had to play three really tough teams. And that continues. Obviously, you're not going to play a super good playoff team every game. So you end up playing an 0-3 Rockets team. But there's going to be more of these games against good, good, talented teams. It'll get a lot easier in the back half. But, you know, if the Jazz are crashing down to earth, this is a, a time of the, the season where it would happen because they have such a tough schedule. Right. Yeah, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans. Then, you know, Houston twice. Then they go to Denver. They have uh, uh, they play Memphis twice. They go to Dallas. They face the Lakers, which uh, not really that tough of an opponent right <laughs> not, now. Not anymore. Uh, then they go to the Clippers, face the, the the Lakers again. Atlanta was a playoff team in the East, you know. So that that just gets you through mid mid uh, mid November. You got Philadelphia. You got the Knicks. You got the Suns and Portland and Clippers again. Yeah. The, it's a it's a really tough stretch early on. It's one playoff team after another. Yeah, the schedule doesn't really calm down until around January, where you start spacing the playoff teams a little more, and then it kind of gets easier as, as as it goes on. So it is, you know, a lot of preseason expectations I was hearing is that there would be a really rough start, probably worse than they actually are, and then maybe, you know, get out a little bit, but. They're starting hot right now against three of the tough teams and then, again, randomly losing to the winless team. Right, but I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I was teasing about this is a young team, but they're still, <laughs> like, that's still, you have to play basketball at a high level. It's still yeah. fatiguing to play at a very high level. And you had two overtime games. So Houston did the right thing in trying to run on Utah, and they struggled in the transition uh, to stop them. Uh, but by the way, Jordan Clarkson is 30. Mike Connolly is 35, Rudy Gay is 36, and Kelly Olenek is 31. But uh, pretty much everybody else is under the age of 25. Yeah, so I think Markkinen and uh, Vanderbilt, Fontecchio, they're all around. I think Vanderbilt Fontecchio's 26. Of, okay, so I, but, I think he's around there. But but most of the guys are are young. Young enough that you shouldn't be too worried about back-to-back, but it is still 
back-to-back games of professional basketball, and and that can be pretty tricky. Yes. Uh, 8798, what are both of your over-under on the amount of games before someone quits or enters the transfer portal for the women's basketball team? <laughs> that's mean. That's not nice. And as far as I know, I don't know how much that's happened mid-season. I'm pretty sure it has. I'm just forgetting the specific instances. I did last year. I don't remember the player. It was later in the season, though, I want to say. Like I said, my initial thought was that it hadn't happened. Then I remembered that there is something rattling in the back of my head where I think I heard about somebody quitting the team. Um, But that's the thing is that for, for women's basketball, it is really tough because... And this isn't something that's on Kayla Art. This predates her, this this transfer thing. Th- this is college sports. Yeah. I mean, this happens with good programs, successful programs, uh, besides those who who struggle, too. Yeah. So it, it's just this is the state of college athletics today. And it shouldn't be necessarily viewed as an indictment against the head coach. If it's one or two here or there, you know, that that's just – the nature of college sports. Now, if it's a mass exodus, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. And, but again, the, the it's this it's been this cycle at, uh, at Utah State for a while. You know, going back to Finkbeiner, they'd lose several players. They bring in some transfers. A lot of times, those players would then graduate, and then it kind of repeats the cycle. Whereas you look at this last year with with Ard, okay, you bring in twelve new players, but half of like the twelve players who left graduated. Yeah, that's true. And, and sometimes it's you see, oh, somebody's transferring, they're leaving. You think, oh, they didn't work out. The coach didn't like them. They don't like the coach. Sometimes the coach is helping them. Like, it's not working out here. Um, I know you want to play. Let's let's help you find a better place for you. So there are, there are times where it's mutual, uh, a mutual parting of ways, and the coaching staff is helping them find somewhere else. And they realize, look, based on the other people that we have here, it's it's probably not going to work out or you'll have to wait longer or your role is going to be different than what you hoped and anticipated. And some players don't love that. And coaches understand that. Players understand that. So it's it can be tricky sometimes when you see a player transferring or leaving. Sometimes it's because it's mutually understood. It's just not going to work out. Not that it's the resentment towards one or the other. Yeah, and I feel like most instances of transfers are that mutual, hey, this isn't working out, so let's, you know, it's time to part ways. Um, But there are some where it's just bitterness toward the coach. And that has happened here, I'm pretty sure, Utah State. Sure, Um, I mean, yes, it it would be silly to, to say otherwise. Yeah. So we'll we'll see, and all it takes is one great year, and then that transfer problem begins to lessen somewhat. Not to say you'll never have transfers, people who go you know leave, but you're not going to have these full team swaps because a lot of these players are leaving because they want to have better opportunities. They want to go somewhere that's winning and and whatnot. And all all it takes is one great year, and you get better recruits and things like that to where you can build a program. Because once you establish a few great seasons things begin to kind of feed in and you can have a really great team. Like you look at Nick Saban, like he keeps it going because it's become easier for him. Um, like if, if you gave, if you put Nick Saban on Utah state with this roster, 
Like, how much better is he doing than, than Blake Anderson? Probably some. But when Nick Saban went to the NFL, it didn't work out for him. Yeah, so like I said, program true. building, once you, once you get the better players, I'll try to avoid the tangents into the NFL, but basically it's a self-perpetuating cycle in, in multiple different ways where it can be good or it can be bad. And that's the trick that Kayla Ard's had to, you know, it's, it's the task that Kayla Ard has to deal with is to reverse the cycle, which it's really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Very true. All right. Uh, another quick timeout here in the full court press. We've got more. we got to get into the stat that blew our minds, our player of the week. I'll continue to re- recap what happened with the Utah Jazz and some interesting thoughts about the upcoming season for the Utah State men's basketball team that's all ahead on the full court press. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? The Leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take an interactive online class. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 1st to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the $55 application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. With rising gas prices, there's never been a better time than now to go electric. Come to Murdoch Volkswagen and see what all the hype is about when you test drive the new 2022 ID4. With a range of just under 300 miles, the ID4 has all the latest technology, including a digital dash, remote access, adaptive cruise, and blind spot monitoring. Come in and take a test drive and reserve your brand new electric ID4 today. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Volkswagen in Logan or online at MurdochVW.com. Call 866-628-3065 for see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 11-1-22. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, just got back from a Las Vegas buying show. They were able to see and buy the newest eyeglass frames, styles, and trends for 2023. Stop in today and check out what's new in the eyeglass frame world. Remember to take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new, instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Napa Auto Parts, get yourself prepared for winter with help from your locally owned Napa Auto Parts. Antifreeze, fuel stabilizers, ice melt, rain Freco silicone wiper blades, Napa Legend, and Legend Premium batteries. Yeah, winter is definitely, it's coming on here. you got to turn your mic on. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing it to you worse Yes. Now. All that payback <laughs> from uh, you leaving my mic off. That's right. So, got to get to, got to hurry here, get the, I don't know if we have time to do stat. And no, we won't be able to do get into that, but we'll just tease it for the next hour. The stat that blew our minds, uh, we'll hand out a player of the week. If you've got a nomination, we always love to get those from our listeners, 435-339-0321. If you've got somebody who we should uh, consider or talk about, 
for our player of the week. Stick around. That's coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Coming into last night, there was a lot of drama around who would start at quarterback for the Patriots. The team is heavily invested in former first-round pick Mac Jones, but after injuring his ankle, rookie Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky has managed to lead New England to two straight victories. Despite the impressive streak, Patriots ended up going back to Jones. But after some early mistakes, Jones was benched in favor of Zappi, and that resulted in a massive round of applause by Gillette Stadium fans. Zappi unable to help New England and take down Chicago, but it's clear this fan base is all in on him. It's hard to knock a rookie who's performed this well, but when it comes to the results,